Welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Hello and welcome to Food Bites. Are you interrupting me? Hello and welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson, the interrupter, and Kevin Hillier, the interrupted. I would never do that to you, Kevin Phillip, Aloysius Hillier. How's your polar vortex? Eugene, my what? <laughs> How's your polar vortex? Don't do Same to you. Uh, well, that's what we're all dealing with at the moment. That's why the weather is so because we're dealing with our polar vortex. I was reading about it today Well, and that I'm sounds fascinated. very scientific, Kevin. So we may the food poll next week may be your polar vortex versus. Well, I tell you what, it is it has hampered the ability of our guest and his uh, players to uh, to train in these uh, polar conditions. Yeah, <laughs> John Aloisi. It's weird. It is most weird the weather, but our guest is just a beauty. What a great star of the Australian soccer world he's been, both on and off the park. Yes, I was referring to uh, A League team uh, Western United, but I mean, yep. Osh, you would all remember him for that classic uh, penalty. Goal that he scored for the Socceroos, which I guess booked us into the uh, or qualified us for the World Cup. Yep, yep. Uh, two thousand and five. Two magic moments that people uh, think about, and they've and they've paired them together. Now is John scoring that goal in that penalty shootout, and of recent times. Andrew Redmayne, the grey yes. wiggle, <laughs> saving the goal that got us into yes. this World Cup that yes. we're in the middle of right now. And the, the reactions afterwards oh. with both were just John, uh, out John's of this is, world. John's is one of the most iconic pieces of film footage. It's been voted into yeah. the uh, Australian uh, Sports Hall of Fame as one of the most iconic moments. But when he kicks it, it goes in the goal, and he, he talks about that in the <laughs> yes. interview. Uh, but then when he runs and takes his shirt off, people <laughs> ask him to do that these days as well. We didn't talk about that in the interview, but I know it's still The other thing us. about our chat with John Aloisi is that it left me feeling absolutely ravenous because I love Italian food. And uh, John Aloisi is no slouch in the kitchen. No. Everything from, uh, well, fungi risotto. To yeah. uh, his mother's lasagna with boiled eggs, the real Calabrian version. Yes. Our food poll this week, which we'll get to after you uh, hear yes. all about uh, John Aloisi, we've gone to the chocolate aisle. Yes, the Cadbury chocolate, mm. the dairy milk, or the uh, dark chocolate variety, the old gold. All right, that's uh, all coming up. But first, let's get to the man. As we are in the middle of uh, the World Cup uh, campaign by the Socceroos, uh, we're talking to a man who was very much a part of uh, today's A-League and, of course, uh, Australia's Socceroo uh, campaigns in the past. It, our guest is John Aloisi. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Hey, John, straight off the bat, with your Italian heritage, I'm tipping growing up you had some uh, pretty spectacular stuff on the, the table. In fact, I hear that your mum makes a cracking lasagna. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, my mum's not bad, I would say that, but my wife is even better. Her, her lasagna and uh, her food is incredible. Um, yes, Italian background, both of us. Um, so we were spoiled as kids and having a lot of pasta. Um, but uh, they, they're also not bad with, with other foods. But, yeah, I love my lasagna. That's probably my favourite dish. How should we make a lasagna properly? Because I have a feeling Australians don't do it the right way. Oh, yeah. Everyone makes it different. I would say even the, the Italians make it different. Oh, um, yeah, a lot of people like, like bechamel in there, but um, I don't particularly like uh, the bechamel in there. So I, I, if you, you have to cook the pasta, obviously. Um, some people make their homemade pasta. That, that takes a little bit more time, um, get the sheets of pasta. But it's, it's all about the sauce and, and the, uh, 
the meat that you put in there. So you make these big uh, meatballs that you end up breaking up to, to put it as meat. Um, and then you have uh, the cheese, which is the, the mozzarella cheese. And then, and also you, the, we put egg in there as well. And um, so I'm not very good at it. I won't say that I know how to do the lasagna, but um, I've seen it done and, and I definitely know how it tastes. Are you? Uh, oh yes. Well, that, that is the most important part of it is the eating of it. Um, yeah. I've all, I've always found that. Uh, John, what are you like in the kitchen? Are you a dab hand in the kitchen or not? I, I would say that I was terrible in the kitchen, um, but the, uh, of late I've, I've started to enjoy uh, cooking. I, I actually find it relaxing, um, and I end up being not bad in the kitchen. I, I know how to make a good. Um, Italian sauce, a tomato sauce. So oh, it's pretty simple. There's not, nothing special, but, uh, you know, I, I know how to also um, do a, a pretty good uh, risotto, uh, fungi risotto, which is uh, – that could pre- probably be my specialty, the, the fungi risotto is oh, probably yeah. what I'm, I'm best at. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm, I'm pretty – I can I can cook, put it that way, and yeah. um, it doesn't take too bad. You talked about the uh, the tomato sauce there, which is the basis of so many wonderful Italian meals, John. Um, and I guess it's a it's quite a traditional thing in Italian families. The uh, you know the bottling and the uh, preparing the tomatoes is that something that you um, remember from your childhood? Yeah, definitely. So my grandma lived next door to us. So my mum and uh, my mum. So my aunties used to go do the bottled sauce together with uh, my grandma. And um, so we used to grow our own tomatoes. And uh, so we had enough tomatoes to actually uh, bottle the sauce. And if you needed any extra, obviously, you just go. And uh, the, the vegetable, um, you know, fruit and veggie and get, get them. But my father-in-law, mother-in-law still do it. And they send it up. They send the bottled sauce up. So... And um, that's probably why my tomato sauce tastes pretty good because I'm cheating a little bit. I get, I get the homemade sauce from my in-laws. Yeah. <laughs> Truth comes out. Uh, now we're finding out. Hey, you, you left home and went overseas at a, a pretty young age. Was that a shock to your system in terms of what you were, you know, put on the table to eat as a young athlete coming yeah. through through the system? Yeah, that was a shock to the system. That was so. Uh, growing up uh, with Italian parents, um, I actually did nothing at home. Um, <laughs> I, I barely made the bed, let's put it that way. So I was very spoiled growing up. And so when I left home and I went overseas at the age of 16, that was uh, an eye-opener. Um, and I, I first went to Belgium uh, where they only spoke French in the, the French-speaking part. So it was it was tough. And um, when I had to cook for myself, I was I was struggled. I, I actually just used to do real simple food. Um, because I just I didn't really enjoy it, and uh, and it was just yeah a real struggle for me. But I had to do it. I uh, I didn't really enjoy the food that I, I used to cook for myself. Put it that way. Yeah. Did that change when you went to the the UK? Did uh, did things change for you there? Um, I, yeah. Look, from the Belgium, I went to Italy. So then I got to, to experience great food again. Um, it was it was sensational. The food in Italy was was incredible. Everything they did, I, I really loved, um, you know, and, and every part of Italy has their different specialities as well. So um, the, the, in Bologna, they got the tortelloni, the, the tortellini, that uh, they have the best, their speciality. And then they also do the lasagna. Um, and obviously the, the spaghetti bolognese is from there. Then, you know, in different parts, they have, the, you know, in Florence, you've got the, 
the actual steak is is sensational, and you know, so all over Italy, there's different you know uh, speciali- specialities. So when I went to England, actually the food went downhill again. It wasn't <laughs> as good. Um, it was uh, very hard to find uh, great restaurants where I was living. Eventually, you know, we you you suss them out and you find the, the better places to eat. <laughs> Italians are very serious about their uh, coffee. Are you a coffee drinker, John? Yes, definitely coffee drinker. Um, very serious about the coffee. They love. I have to have a coffee every morning too. Um, actually, my preferred coffee is strong lattes. Um, but in in Italy, it was always just a, a, a short uh, coffee espresso or um, a short macchiato. But um, yeah, I do love my coffee. I'm more of a coffee drinker. I don't really have tea. Okay. What about the sweet tooth part? We know you've done the pasta tour of, of <laughs> Europe. Did you did you partake of the sweet varieties over there and, and do you still do now? Um, I did. I'm not a big sweet tooth now because I, I have too much wine to uh, have too much sugar in my diet. So I, I, I leave the, the, the sweets at the end. I When I was living in Spain, I was in the Basque area and they do a, a Unbelievable! It, I have to say, it's the best cheesecake. It's mm. the buff cheesecake. It's so nice. Oh. So, uh, I used to have that quite often when I was living in the buff part of the uh, of Spain. So the, the buffs do cook very well as well. But it's uh, the food. If you ever get the opportunity to go to San Sebastian and those places over there, it, you you'll uh, you'll love it. The food's so good, and um, the different types of food as well. Hey, John, what would the current Western United nutritionist say to the John Aloisi player of the of, of your time when you're overseas? What, what would his advice be to you about your nutritional intake during your playing days? Well, you know what was funny is I probably ate my – the most I, I ate as a footballer was in Italy and, um, and that was where I was at my leanest. And um, oh, wow. yeah, I, I don't know the reason why, but, you know, I would have pasta virtually every day um, with your pasta, you know, dish, you would have a, a meat or a fish, you know, whether it was a chicken or, or a steak or, and then you'd have a fish. And then at night will be like a rice dish, you know, so, and salads, obviously, and vegetables. But it was, uh, you know, I think it's, it's not um, what you eat, it's how much, you know, and, and, you know, how, how rich the food is and how much, you know, butter or, you know, the things like that that are putting in your food. So when you go to restaurants, obviously they need to give it more taste, so that's when it's a little bit more rich. But um, if you're, you're home cooking normally, um, I think it's, you know, just in moderation. And But maybe what they would say to me now is don't eat this or don't eat that. But back then when I was a player, I, I ate pretty healthy and then. Uh, and I was pretty consistent with the food I ate. Yeah, you must have been burning it off pretty quick too. Hey, we're talking to you a couple of days before Australia's first game in the World Cup. So by the time people hear this, we'll have played France in yeah. the first of the games and things will may have changed a, a thousand percent by then. But what are your what are your expectations pre that France game about what Australia might achieve in this World Cup? Well, the expectations aren't really there from anyone. Um, but, you know, I know what the Aussie spirit is like. And then as soon as you put on that Socceroo jersey, you, you believe that you can beat anyone and cause an upset. And, you know, no one's giving us too much hope to get anything out of the French game. But I, I believe we can. And, and hopefully uh, when the listeners uh, are listening to this, they're going, yes, you're right. But uh, it, uh. It, I, I think that, uh, you know, France, all the pressure's on them. Um, they're, they're champions from you know the past World Cup. 
and and notoriously slow starters. So hopefully we can um, you know get a result against them. And um, and then after that, you know Denmark and Tunisia are going to be tough games. But look, if we we've only won twice at a World Cup, and 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 that's out of I think uh, fifteen games uh, or, or so. So it's not a lot. So we have to make sure that we get another win this World Cup. Uh, a bonus and a, and and a pass mark will be getting through the the group stage uh, group stage obviously so um, if we can do that get a win maybe a draw and that might be enough to get us through the group stage. John, what's it like to represent Australia in a soccer World Cup? We all have, uh, for for many of us it is the biggest event in, in on the world calendar in terms of what it what it brings to the table. What's it like to play for Australia in in that event? Uh, it was the highlight of my career. I was. Fortunate enough to play in, in you know three pretty big leagues in the Premier League, Serie A and La Liga, um, but uh, the, definitely the highlight was to represent Australia at the World Cup. You know, it was a dream of mine as a kid to to play at a World Cup, and you just have to think about it. It's it's, it's probably the biggest sporting event in the world. I was lucky enough to go to the Olympics as well. But when you're at a World Cup, everyone is watching that one game because there's no other games going on when your game's played, and you think about the. The, the, the millions and, and if not billions of people that are, are watching and following football, you know, there's a lot of eyeballs on that game. And uh, and so just the, the, the whole, you know, the atmosphere around it, the, the whole environment where wherever you're playing a World Cup, you know, we're getting 10,000 people coming to our training session, um, you know, two, 300 people, press conference at, at your you know, the, the media, the press conference. So you just think about the whole, uh, you know, hype around it. It's just incredible. And there was such a, a great experience. And, you know, I was lucky enough to at least play in one. I would have loved to have played in more, but it was it was incredible experience. Yeah. And you were instrumental, John, in, in Australia qualifying for the uh, the World Cup, going back against uh, Uruguay. And we were just watching vision of that the other night. I can't even imagine what was going through your mind? Um, was, anything, <laughs> was anything going yeah, through your mind? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> lucky I a lot. Lucky I wasn't nervous. I was, uh, I was actually very confident. I, I practiced five penalties the day before <laughs> down that end. And so, and so I, I just had a feeling about, um, you know, that we was going to be uh, take a special moment. And I, I wanted to, and I, I felt I was going to be that one that would end up scoring a winning goal for Australia to, to go to the World Cup. It's, uh, you know, and people think, "Oh, you're crazy." You know, well, you know, how can you be you're saying that or thinking that or whatever? I think sometimes as an athlete, you just have to believe that's going to be you. I know it's a team sport, but you play a role within that team. And um, and so when it was that time to take the penalty, I, I well, this is what I've been, uh, you know, picturing, manifesting, if you like, for the last year. Um, it's it's here, and so I, I just believed it was going to happen, and that's probably why I wasn't nervous. It was the walk from the halfway line to the penalty spot. You know, it was like it was, I was gliding down, and you know, I could only hear murmurs in the stadium when there was you know eighty thousand people plus. So it was um, it was a surreal experience. It was an incredible uh, you know moment and and game to be involved in, and. Uh, yeah, luckily I didn't. Uh, I didn't think too much about what it would have been like if we missed that, <laughs> or if I missed it and we, and we got knocked out. But uh, fortunately, we got through. Does it still bring goosebumps uh, to your skin when you watch it? Because I watched it the other day a couple of times, and it did to me yeah. again. Uh, I'm not really anymore. It's uh, you know, it's 
I do get stopped and, and you know, the people want to talk about it a lot, um, and which is which is a great thing, you know. Yeah. You, you, in sport, you can you can have, um, you know, 10, 15 years in sport and be remembered for something not so good. And I'm, you know, lucky enough to be remembered for something uh, that touched so many people. And uh, and so many people want to tell me that they were there and, and what, what they were going through and what it felt like. And, and that probably gives me more goosebumps just to hear their story yeah. and, and what they were you know what it meant to them and how they felt, and you know, uh, I think there was eighty three thousand people in the stadium. I've met about ninety thousand people that said that. <laughs> <all there. laughs> Conservative estimate. Hey, uh, it's been a tough start to the uh, A League season for you. How how are you battling through that? Uh, look, yeah, considering that we haven't got the points on the board, that the boys have been really positive still. Um, we, we played some really good games, and we've been unfortunate we didn't pick up wins earlier on, but. And the biggest one was the the win that we we got in Wellington just uh, before that our break, and uh, that that gives us a massive boost. We we still got a, a belief in our our team and our group that we're going to uh, you know be there at the end of the season competing for the the championship again. Um, and to to come from two two nil down in Wellington, um, which is a tough place to go at any time, um, considering that we hadn't won a game to come back and win three two with the final kick of the game, it's a it gives everyone a boost and uh, and training's going well and uh, we're going to have players recovering from injuries. You know, the break comes at a good time for us so um, we should be raring to go once we get back. Yeah, good. Hey, John, if you were to hold a, a dinner party and uh, you might be serving winter dishes at this rate given the uh, the conditions in Melbourne at the moment, oh, but yeah. <laughs> it's awful. But uh, you could invite anybody you like, uh, dead or alive. Who would be on your guest list? Yeah, that's a really tough one because um, there's so many, you know, I, I mainly go towards athletes, which is yeah. probably, you know, it's normal because of having been an athlete. But it's, um, you know, it would be now that I'm a coach, would be at least, you know, one famous coach or, or coach that has achieved so much in in his time. Uh, I would say probably Pep Guardiola of Manchester City. You know, just, oh, right. The way that he's been able to achieve so much, um, you know, from his Barcelona days to then Bayern Munich and then, um, you know, now in, in Manchester. And the thing that intrigues me so much about someone like him is he's able to uh, get players to buy into, you know, the way he wants to play his football, the way he wants to go about things very quickly. And and so quickly that he, he, he went from Spain to Germany and uh, within a month, he picked up the language, and I just find that incredible. How how did he do that? You know, the little things like that is is something. Of course, Maradona, because he was one of the best uh, of all time, um, and just to hear some of his stories outside the football pitch would be quite funny, um, because we all know that he was a bit of a madman. So, <laughs> God uh, <yes>. yeah. <laughs> so someone like that. Um, this is not football uh, related, or or. Um, athletic related really but Nelson Mandela yeah. just just to know how he got through um you know uh, you know the, the, when he was in, in prison and and how he still had that calmness about him to be able to make such a change you know in South Africa and you know ha- having been treated like he was mm. I, I, you know then and um Frank Lowy who I have met quite a few times of course because he was our chairman of uh, Football Australia for, for many years, but I just think that, you know, the journey that he went on, um, you know, through the, the war over in Europe and, uh, you know, escaping 
um, you know, and coming to Australia with nothing and then uh, building an empire like he did, you know, how did he do that? That's, that's just an amazing story. Yeah, it is. Most definitely is. Who wins the World Cup, John? Who do you think is going to uh, be the vic- victorious? We have, we have great hopes for Australia, but who, who do you think will win it? Um, yeah, I don't think Australia will win it. Put it that way. As, yeah. as Australian as I am, and as, as much as I want them to <laughs> do really well, I don't think they can go all the way. I, I actually think there's a, probably about eight nations that could win it, um, but the strongest one at this present time um, would be Brazil. I think Brazil have got the, the strongest group. Uh, I, I would love Argentina to win it because, uh, for me, Messi is as good as Maradona and and Pele and and all the rest that have been put up there, and, and for him to win it would just top off his career. Yeah. And just before we go, John, um, you're pretty handy in the kitchen. So, do you have a cooking tip or a kitchen tip to share? Oh, I don't really have a cooking <laughs> tip. Um, what I would say is that don't rush it. Mm. I think that it's all about preparation with cooking. It's, it's the same with, with with coaching. It's it's about preparation and and enjoying the the actual. Um, as you as you as you cook the, the journey of it, you know. So um, it's and then you know to top it off is the the, the you know eating it. Uh, the the one thing I hate about cooking is cleaning after. <laughs> so if you can get this is my tip. If you can get someone to clean after, then you you've got it all the boxes ticked. <laughs> good uh, tip. Yeah. Sounds good. Hey, good luck for the rest of the season with Western United. Thanks so much for your time. And uh, let's hope uh, the, the World Cup's fun to watch. And I'm sure you'll be uh, uh, through SBS be a very big part of it. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Aloisi for us. John. Here's Aloisi for a place in the World Cup. He scores! Australia have got it! John Aloisi, the Confederations Cup hero, has done it. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Well, let us hope, and uh, by the time you hear this, uh, Australia will already have played mm. uh, the first of the games against France. That may have gone well, it mm. may not have gone well. Then we've got Tunisia on Saturday night, and then we've got a game against uh, Denmark as well. So let's hope the Socceroos go well. It's because all very exciting, nevertheless, it is. Yeah, no matter what the outcome. It's the World Cup, and as John said, it's the biggest event because unlike the Olympics – when you're watching the swimming and mm. the javelin and the high jump mm. and that this you're watching one sport one game Focus. at a time bang off you go yes. it's, it's massive i hope we do well go australia yes all right let's <laughs> i said that in a very bogan way didn't i <laughs> i wasn't going to critique but... oh but let's go to the food poll <laughs> all right then let's <laughs> yes we've put the uh, traditional classic cadbury dairy milk chocolate Block mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. up against the block of the uh, the Cadbury rolled. No, it's not rolled gold. It's old gold spoiler, chocolate. Spoiler alert here. One of those two chocolates that we just mentioned, there is a, a big, great big, huge, unopened, I might say, in our fridge I know. as we speak. It's the peanut brittle variety, isn't it? It is, because the old gold comes in a lot oh. of different flavours, many of which I didn't know until this yeah, poll came out. You would have to go and put that in there now. You know right. that I'm going you know, to have to eat yep. it now. Yep. All right, let's start with Terry Daniel. He says he would definitely go for the old gold. He just loves dark chocolate. Sylvana says I love chocolate but prefer dark mm. chocolate, so the old gold has to win here. Glenn Driscoll. Old is gold, he says. Yes, Joylene says, milk for me, but old gold for my husband, Joe. Mm, Rebecca Kane says, dark. Sue says, dairy milk. Lisa says, lint, with a question mark. I, think I don't think go. that was There's an option, one. but you can have it There's if you like. There's one in every pack. <laughs> uh, Glenn Rodder says, old gold, Pato. Who needs laxettes oh. when you have that? Well, 
achieved. That puts the brakes on the given, conversation. Did you get given laxettes as a child? Oh, yeah. I think every kid of our generation yeah. did. And we quite enjoyed it because yeah. we thought, oh, we're getting chocolate. It was almost a bit of a treat. Yeah. What sort of evil mind put that together? They tasted pretty darn good. A laxative and a chocolate. That's, that's evil. It is. <laughs> right, go on. Oh, now. Um, that's distracted Meanwhile, me. back at the old gold versus dairy milk counter. <laughs> so let's go to Davin Nicholas mm-hmm. who says he loves old gold, especially peppermint old gold. Kevin, you'd love that. So I didn't know there was one until I saw what Davin and Britain did have I. gone. Hello. I've got to check that out. Uh, Beck says dairy milk dipped strawberries fed to me by Henry. Okay. Henry Cavill. Who's Henry Cavill? I don't know. We'll have to Google that. <laughs> Sounds vaguely familiar. Jessica says old gold all the way. Uh, Stephen says old gold actually came out of McRobertson's, out of the McRobertson's stable before Cadbury took over. I'd forgotten about all that. It's a true Melbourne product, the best of the old-style dark chocolate. Yes. That it is. Dark chocolate's meant to be better for you, isn't Mm, it, from a health perspective? You'll find that out later. Oh, okay. I'm jumping the gun, jumping the chocolate. Ah, uh, Lauren says, old gold, I love the 70% dark chocolate. Gee, that's getting towards bitter territory, Ooh, that yeah, is. Yeah, it is a bit. Michelle says dairy milk. Tina says dairy milk. Rachel says dairy milk. Leonie, it's old gold for me. It's the best. Okay. Angie says, I do like both, but old gold is probably my fave. Karen says dairy milk. Anthony says dairy milk. Mark says, please don't ask me to choose between them. If I had to, though, the dairy milk. Lydia says old gold. Jim Wilson, old gold, dark chocolate with licorice. From Daryl Lee, he says it's best on ground. Shannon okay. says, I love the old gold. Dr. Joe Garra says dairy milk. Terrelgan Tiger oh. off uh, the uh, old Twitter handle. Oh, it might be the deceased Twitter handle now. In my opinion, Aldi's dark chocolate is very oh, good. Oh, must go. try that. New, uh, new meat. Alicia says, adding some snobbery to the conversation Ew. by saying, Hague's milk chocolate is king. Thank you, Alicia. Uh, Jan says old gold only because it is said to be the healthier option. Yes. There you go. That's what (laughs) we're waiting for. Listen, hang on a minute. (laughs) We're talking chocolate here. We're not talking the healthier option here. You're talking the one you like better. Yes, it's a treat. Catherine, old gold cherry ripe is the best. Now, I didn't know there was one of those. Didn't know that either. You'd like that too, Kevin. Uh, James Roy says either or. And Mrs. (laughs) Mrs. Sandy Crack says neither. She likes old Jamaica. There you go. Here Sandy we go. Crack. Wayne has. Get that at the beach. Yes. Wayne. <laughs> who's been to the beach lately? Uh, Wayne says old gold chocolate wins simply because it is dark and bitter. So oh. it matches my soul. Oh. But seriously, it's that little bit edgy, which is great. Yeah. It's a chocolate for people who like hops in their beer, funk with their cheese, <laughs> and their steak thicker than your average politician's head. <laughs> If Old Gold Chocolate was a movie character, it would be John Wick or Liam Neeson's character in Taken, who shoots everyone, or John McClane. Oh, Oh, that's it. Old Gold Chocolate is John McClane. Yippee-ki-yay. No, I won't finish that off. (laughs) Cadbury Dairy Milk is an abomination. It contains less than 30% cocoa. So barely qualifies as chocolate anyway. Oh, is that true? It's just a milky bar with a suntan. <laughs> it also melts if, temper- if the temperature gets above 15 yeah, degrees. Yes, yes, well, it Well, then does. it's safe in our part of the world yeah. uh, and leaves your mouth with a weird cloying coating mm. that lets you experience what that weird kid in your grade one class did when he ate the clay. Yeah, <laughs> that, that is so true. It does yes, coat your tongue. it does. It yes. actually does. If Cadbury Dairy Milk was a movie character... 
it would be Millhouse from the Simpsons movie <laughs> or Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> Oh, that's very good. Cha-cha <laughs> binks. Ah, we've all oh, got that in our head yeah, now, no, haven't we? Just bypass this beige block of insipid, vapid chocolate mediocrity. Oh, well said. I couldn't have, couldn't have eaten it and, and read <laughs> that and have a chalky big M. Good on you, Wayne. So but, you're saying the Cadbury dairy milk is a tad uh, insipid compared to your uh, your dark chocolate yeah, well, counterpart. I, I, I agree with that. I, I do too. As soon as you unwrap the um, the milk chocolate, it is does it, tend is to it melt. The, is it the taste buds that change with age that dark chocolate has become far more? I have I have dairy mm. milk chocolate now, and I feel like I need to wash my mouth out with something. I think it's a lot sweeter. Yeah, just so you only need a couple of squares of uh, dark chocolate, and you're satisfied. Yes, absolutely. But I do want yeah, to uh, now better. try these um, peppermint chip. Peppermint um, one and the cherry ripe Old gold dark we're a, chocolate. We're, we're, we're on a mission. We're on a mission, so we've got to go and do Point that. Point us in the direction yes. of the chocolate uh, aisle. We'll see you the next time we bring you Food Bites and we'll probably be another 25-pound heavier uh, uh, because of the uh, old gold chocolate. And old gold did win that poll, yes, incidentally. Yes. 55-45, it was close. Oh, yes. Uh, thanks to John Aloisi. Good luck to Western United for the rest of the season. Good luck to the Socceroos for the rest of the World Cup campaign. And good luck to you. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks for listening to Food Bites. Check out our Facebook page for recipes, tips, and all the latest news. That's Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. I said that in a very bogan way, didn't I? <laughs>